Welcome to Nostalgia, your favorite pop culture podcast where we have deep conversations about superficial things. I'm Nicole, your host, and each week we unlock core memories from the 90s, 2000s, and beyond while examining the past through a contemporary lens. Our guests are pop culture tastemakers who explore how our formative experiences shape how we see the world. We talk about trends, fashion, music, identity, consumer behavior, societal attitudes, and more. Nostalgia is a reminder of how our individual and collective memories make us feel like we belong. And if you like Nostalgia, be sure to follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend who loves pop culture as much as we do. Plus, we have a lot of fun. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Nostalgia. It's the last episode of 2022. It's Nostalgia's 41st episode. Excuse me, what? First of all, I want to thank you for watching and or listening. Genuinely, this podcast has given me so much joy over the last um, 11 months. I've met so many cool people, hosted great guests, made new friends, and had amazing deep conversations about superficial things. You may have noticed if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify that uh, I'm wearing Nostalgia merch right now. Shout out to my sister. I had a lovely Christmas. I am wearing a denim hat with the green Nostalgia logo and then also my sweatshirt it's black it has the green Nostalgia logo on it as well it looks incredible we also have the little Nick Bratz doll stickers not for purchase for me but who knows what 2023 is going to hold and that's why we're actually here today we're going to be talking about all things 2023, here's the setup for this episode. My lifestyle, fashion, and technology predictions. My 2010s revival predictions. And then also what the influencer, creator economy, social media industries can look like too. So let's jump right into it. Okay, these are things I think will be popular or mainstream in 2023. It's not what's viral on TikTok or as seen on Bella Hadid. I feel like People think that if something is viral or, quote, trending in an internet vernacular, that it's a fashion trend or that people IRL are doing it, and that's not the case. I even feel a little bit conflicted saying IRL versus the internet, but I've realized that now as a chronically online person, there truly is a difference. I guess it's not so much IRL versus internet. It's more of like how on the internet are you and how much of your perception of one realm uh, dictates your behavior in the other. Anyway, so this is like what normies or not people who are constantly immersed in internet culture uh, or don't work in technology will be into. So I talk all the time about the diffusion of innovation, which is a model I learned about, I think in school, that shows the relationship between the popularity of a trend and the passage of time. So if we're looking at that, which I always am, uh, we're talking about the mainstream adoption of things, not the adoption, or I guess the creation by innovators, and then the early adoption uh, before something hits the mainstream, you know, peak of its popularity. So lifestyle category okay again this is totally just coming out of my own brain like 
this could be completely wrong. You might not agree, whatever. We're just going for it. Okay, when it comes to lifestyle, I think offline activities, there's gonna be another one that everybody just becomes obsessed with. Whatever the equivalent of like a paint and wine bar of the 2010s was to now. So whether that's going to a class for succulent planting, ceramics, I'm gonna go to a tufting, rug tufting workshop in the new year that I'm so excited about. Flower arranging, I've done that before, it's very fun. Finger painting, glass blowing. There's a lingerie making workshop in Brooklyn. I'm going, it's gonna be fun. Okay, any anything where you can go and make like DIY stuff, I think that's gonna be really big. Pickleball. I don't exactly understand what pickleball is, but it's gonna be really popular. I took up tennis this year and the people next to us were playing pickleball and I'm like, I don't really get what that is, but they look like they're having a great time. So whether it's pickleball accessories, clothes, just people playing in general, it being televised, we don't know. Pickleball is going to be big. I'm calling it. Also grandma stuff. Look again, this is just coming out of my brain. There's really no rhyme or reason. It's just genuinely in my bones what I feel coming our way. So when I say grandma stuff, I mean like the um, the blue cookie tin, for example, everybody knows what blue cookie tin I'm talking about that was probably filled with sewing supplies. Uh, same kind of thing with, I can't believe it's not butter <laughs> containers, like people using those containers, again, like young people um, kind of adopting stuff you would normally see in like a silent generation's grandparents house. Um, even plastic on furniture or some kind of like vinyl plasticky furniture. Again, I don't know. It, I, it just feels right. Okay. Lifestyle. That category is over. We're just going to move on to fashion, which is really more of my lane. Okay. I feel like there's going to be another MLM jewelry company. We had Leah Sophia in 2012. We had Stella and Dot in 2015. I just feel like there's going to be another jewelry company that is going to come out. And then a la, what's it called? LuLaRoe. That's not jewelry. That was leggings. But, you know, the big documentary about it and blah, blah, blah. I think there's going to be some kind of jewelry that middle America, it, it's just going to have a chokehold on them. There's going to be another sneaker that every single girl in her 20s will own. Whether it was like Tom's in 2012 to 2013, Van slip-ons in 2014, white low-top converse with the red not stripe, but like lining in 2015 to 2016, Adidas Stan Smith's 2017 to 2018. Actually, you know, it's funny in my notes, I wrote Adidas Sam Smith's, which it's Stan Smith after the tennis player, not Sam Smith after the British singer. That's very funny. Okay. Maybe that's already the Adidas Samba. I don't really know. Okay. Business casual. I don't want to see this come back but I think it might just because I feel like the fashion trends that come back are never the ones you think that are going to. So like we said in many episodes, that's a Raven. Great example of business casual. People are going to have to go back to the office to their own dismay and they can't wear sweatpants. So some kind of business casual will emerge or maybe they will wear sweatpants. I don't know. It's 2023. Uh, going out tops too. People are going out again. They're going to need a going out top. And we've kind of seen, you know, the euphoria inspired like super 
tight and revealing and showing a lot of skin, I think that we're going to see the pendulum swing in the opposite direction where maybe we do have like a Hollister baby doll style top come back or like the what we would call flowy shirts in the 2010s. I don't know, guys. It might be time. Okay, next Gemini hair I saw it called on the internet so basically that is like when you have half of your hair one color and the other half another color um how I see it coming back or how we saw it coming back in the early 2020s was the money pieces so let's say you had dark hair and then the two strips of hair that framed your your face were bleached um even Miley Cyrus now has like the emo hair remember where it's like the top of your head is bleached and then underneath is the black um so it'll be interesting to see how that goes don't ask me if I'm gonna bleach my hair in 2023 do not ask me I don't know what to tell you also could we do the gray I've I've probably told you before about you know the Kitty Bartholomew gray streak. I'm hoping my my gray hair continues to grow in that pattern. But if it doesn't, are we gonna bleach it? Are we gonna do a gray? Are people gonna be dyeing their hair gray? Hmm. In 2023, we shall see. Okay. Um, cargo pants and carpenter pants. I already got a pair of each of these, so they're already kind of back in style. It's like baggy pants, but not ugly I guess so cargo pants are when they have the pockets on the sides and carpenter pants is when it has that little um, fabric loop where you could just like mm, stick a hammer or whatever because you're a carpenter you uh, have all your supplies and then lastly for leather goods I think we're gonna start to see alternative leather goods they're gonna be something different than what the 2010s the sustainability greenwashing efforts of the late 2000s and early 2010s with quote vegan leather like it, that's literally just plastic uh we just call it vegan leather for marketing purposes uh don't hate me i'm just a messenger okay but there's this company called myco works they literally raised over 100 million dollars and they use um kind of like a mushroom I don't know how to describe it like a mushroom derivative or whatever like that mimics the look and feel of leather so I think we will start to see you know what we might be wearing bags made out of mushrooms it's 2023 people we don't know okay 2010s revival predictions chuggy no more anything that was considered chuggy five years ago first of all I don't really think people will be saying that or maybe they will I don't know those things will be coming back namely side parts side parts are already going to be coming back i just feel it uh next michael kors watches this one i'm very excited about um if you didn't already know i worked there for a very long time in the 2010s early 2010s when it was still considered luxury uh when neiman marcus owned the website before there was omni-channel retail and integrated e-commerce uh, before we were in Macy's and TJ Maxx. Um, yeah, before, oh, no, it was during, it was when the Nicki Minaj song came out. That was a moment in time. But anyway, I still have a few watches. I've gotten rid of so much, but I still have a few watches. And I do think kind of like in the way that Tiffany's came back a little bit, 
I think we could see that. And then some kind of version of an arm party, you know, in the 2010s where you would have a bunch of bracelets and your watch or whatever, some kind of arm party style is going to emerge. Another bracelet that I loved was the Tory Burch wrap bracelet. There was a holographic one that I did not have uh, because it was like $100 and I made $13 an hour working at the mall, but I think we could see some kind of wrap bracelet coming back. The Alexander McQueen skull scarf. If you're listening and not watching, like my jaw just dropped to the floor. How I wanted one of these scarves. I used to sit in the Barnes and Noble in Kenmore Square in Boston and just sit and read books. And I remember reading an Alexander McQueen biography in one sitting and I was just so obsessed, so obsessed. Anyway, that's a tangent. Okay. So the thing about the revivals is that the thing in its exact original form, never comes back completely. It's always a slightly different version because we live in a different time. The whole atmosphere, the whole environment, you can take something that's old and try to make it new again, but it will still be an old thing. Does that make sense? That was like when I worked at Anthropology and they gave me this, I was a visual merchandising intern and they gave me this bag that was like old and dusty and they're like, we want you to make it look new and put like bright Kelly green paint on it. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be so awesome. So then I made it look brand new. It looked wonderful. And then they go, okay, here's some like shellac kind of that like terrible smelling brown. It's not paint stuff that you like put on floors and they're like, great, make it old again. I was like, wait, wasn't my job to make it look new. Okay. Yes. You have to make it look new to make it look old again. That's kind of like what trend revivals are like. Uh, anyway, I feel like I'm going on such tangents, but that's what solo episodes are for. Okay, there's going to be some kind of structured bag, a la the Celine bags of the early 2010s. These Celine bags, they were like $3,000, but they became very widely duped. And uh, there were like so many, uh, what do you call, knockoffs. And then a new boot to replace the riding boot. Or is it just going to be the riding boot? Are we going to see the actual two-tone riding boot back? We might. Um, oh yeah, I was talking about going out tops, but I think also just from like a casual top perspective, are peplum tops going to be back? That would really be like the perfect middle of the diagram, Venn diagram between business casual and going out tops. Peplum perfectly encapsulates both our peplum tops going to come back we will have to see um i wrote down prada sunglasses just because i still have mine and they were literally my entire personality if you knew me in 2013 my entire personality those have also since been widely knocked off and actually relating back to the diffusion of innovations that's how you can kind of tell where something is in its trend life cycle because let's say I got those sunglasses by the time, you know, I'm in the early majority because by the time I got them, they were already, you know, I got them on sale at Sunglass Hut or whatever. Um, 
And then by the time you start to see things knocked off or counterfeits made of them, they've already surpassed the kind of late majority. They're in that category and they're on their way heading to obsolescence. Give them 10 or 15 years and they start to trickle back. That is how we see revivals, resurgences, etc. One last thing that I would love to see from the 2010s is the return of the stiletto. I personally don't like these shoes. I just think it would be really funny to see a new generation of people like nearly twist their ankle every time they leave their house. It's it's hard out there. It really is. I did a semi-viral TikTok recently about my one of my outfits, me doing something wild in the early 2010s involving wearing my six inch platform Baker's heels. And the amount of comments I got about Baker's, who knew this brand was so beloved? Where were all these people when that company was going out of business? Anyway, I wore those six inch heels to my college graduation with my belted gown. Chic, always chic. Anyway, Baker's, if you haven't heard of it, it's kind of like a mix between, it's like Charlotte Russe, but more expensive. So maybe like a mix between BB or Arden B with Charlotte Russe, but for shoes. People are over, well, not me, but many people will be over sneakers. They're gonna wanna wear these big ass stiletto heels. So those are the fashion trends, very unhinged, but so were the 2010s. You know that every 20 years that cycle kind of begins again. I just had to pause for a moment because I'm like, no, the 2010s were not 20 years ago, but 2010 will be 13 years ago. So anyone born in 2010 will be turning 13 in 2023. A moment of silence <laughs> process that okay I'm good now we are moving into technology uh, when I talk about technology in this sense it is in a mass awareness context okay so I think retro stuff Ooh, I love retro tech so much so I think retro stuff will be back kind of like how vinyl came back for Millennials Polaroids have always kind of been around. Um, cassette tapes came back, whatever kind of shit Urban Outfitters sells. I think what's really interesting is that these kind of generational wars will continue, but as millennials will continue to turn into, like people ultimately turn into their parents, whether they like it or not, right? So millennials turning into boomers, Gen Z is gonna turn into Gen X. I think the identity politics on and offline as we get closer to an election year are gonna be really interesting to see. It's gonna be some Gen Z's first time voting. Again, for another little, um, mind trick over here someone who was born in 2005 will be turning 18 in 2023 crazy um but anyway i think retro stuff um whether people start buying big entertainment centers again ikea is gonna have a field day with that one um i'm going through my physical media renaissance whatever that's gonna look like it's gonna be interesting I could see a little bit of a panic about AI and the implications of that, but I have a feeling that Lensa and ChatGPT are going to be like what Wikipedia was to millennials. You know, like, oh, you can't use Wikipedia in your research paper. You can't cite Wikipedia as a source. 
it's going to be the same thing for Gen Alpha, where it's like, oh, you can't use ChatGPT to write your essay for you, things like that. I think there's going to be the panic, but in a few years, we're just going to figure out how to integrate technology into our lives rather than like be so shocked and be fighting against it. Um, I think people are going to add the verse suffix to everything like meta verse, something verse, Taco Bell verse, you know, you know how it goes. There are going to be bad actors there. I mean, even just like with that Instagram trend, like no one paying for that trend, like to participate in that trend knows anything about AI is all I'm saying. No offense if that's you, but it's true. So I think that the mainstream of consumers are still like massively uneducated about all of the technology that we're going to be leveraging in the next few years. Um, but that's kind of another conversation. I think that maybe there will be like a tiny blow to social media. I think Twitter has already been disrupted, but nothing's going to be the final nail in the coffin. And then with technology, I think there's going to be apps to help you log off of your phone or your computer. Like that's counterintuitive, but it's 2023. I think uh, fitness apps have already been really popular over the past few years, meditation apps, but I even think like hiking apps bird watching apps like anything having to do with nature but ironically through your phone i think that is gonna be more normal okay these are my influencer slash creator economy predictions for 2023 i have to do a quick aside about web3 which is the space that i work in note when i talk about anything in that realm the next iteration of the internet that centers on ownership, it's still in its early adopter phase. So when I make any kind of prediction or thought about what this next year is going to look like, I'm kind of referring more to where we currently stand as a collective, where what's content production and distribution going to look like when the honest is on people and when it's people-centered versus platform-centered. So I'm not referring to any kind of when I say Web3, like crypto, onboarding, payment integrations, or the financial side of blockchain, I just think that working in Web3 and various collectives, whether that be DAOs, social clubs, trend forecasting collectives, etc., that is truly what's allowed me to detach from social media in its current form in the best way possible. Because in its current state, Big tech makes so much money off of us being exploited as relentless content producing machines. And I've been super burned out in 2022 from constantly churning out content that I don't necessarily own or that I don't make money off of. So I'm still exploring what that is going to look like for me as a content creator and what that looks like for Nixalgia for next year. We're going to see. But as for the collective, I think that Web2, so that's social media as we know it today, that influencer culture, although it will continue to dominate the mainstream, it will splinter. I do think a lot of influencers will drop out of the game, step out of the spotlight, go to a quote regular job, especially in social media, but there will still be many full-time creators. I'm kind of going to break it down by audience size. So mega influencers, people with over a million followers are going to continue having collabs with major brands, i.e. clothing lines, spawn con, a partnership where the brand is paying them directly, not the social platform. Ultimately, they're going to remain unaffected. Um, macro influencers, so people with hundreds of thousands of followers, I think they're going to add an IRL presence 
as a layer to their online presence and further the parasocial relationship they have with their fans. This can look like meetups, tours. I've seen so many various influencers at this level where they're putting on shows in person in different cities across the country so that they can meet their fans. And do the fans actually know the creator personally? No, but it is adding another touch point that shows that these creators are really engaged with their fan base. So for micro influencers, so like in the tens of thousands of followers, the mistake that I see with micro influencers is they think that because they have a good size audience, they should be able to monetize. However, I know so many people who have an audience but don't make any money off their presence. I'm not saying you have to, but I do think that becomes an expectation and that is why people ultimately grow audiences so that they can make money off of them. Again, this is 2023. Like, Let's just call it how we see it. Um, this is where I see community apps like Geneva come in where you can build a community around your personal brand instead of just an audience. So the difference is community members have connection to one another, not just a bunch of people following one influencer to whom they have no relationship. Also, micro influencers should I hope no one is still doing this. Micro influencers should not be accepting free product for promo. They can pay you in real money. Thank you very much. And then this last category, nano. So the if you have thousands, like one to 10K followers, this is my category. The mistake I see nano influencers make is that they depend on the social media platform to get them over that 10K threshold. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. IG is not the same as it was in 2016. It could have happened then, but not now. I really wouldn't put my trust in an algorithmically driven platform to grow your following. It's about relationships you build, the reputation and name you make for yourself, the people you surround yourself with, your network, you shooting your shot. I am so much happier with a few thousand followers and having the responsibility of answering to a giant audience, especially with no payout from platforms that I'm on. The way you monetize as an nano influencer is by being extremely niche and you may have a smaller following, but proving to sponsors that those people who ride for you ride for you is what makes it work. I also see nano influencers having an awesome opportunity to join collectives that provide mutual support. So this is kind of where I see Web3 come in as an opportunity for especially smaller creators. A lot of these Web3 native decentralized social platforms have not been built out yet. They're definitely not going to be ready for mainstream adoption next year, but a simple step I can see getting more people into the space is collecting long form entries, like people minting an NFT of an article that they read and that resonated with them on the platform mirror, which is similar to a medium blog post or having a digital twin. So like if you buy something physical, you get a digital copy or vice versa. And you're already seeing new features on Instagram reflect these multiplayer mode kind of experiences like group profiles, collective 
or what's it called? Collaborative collections and that notes thing that people are treating like an AIM away message to facilitate more one-on-one conversation in the DMs. So that's something to think about. I'm probably going to stop talking and immediately think of something else that I wanted to tell you, but such is life. You're going to hear me say something along the lines of this in the outro, but if you enjoy the show, whether this is your first or 41st episode you've listened to, I would love to have you join me on this nostalgia journey. Follow and rate on Spotify, follow, rate, and review on Apple Pods, and subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to our newsletter on Substack, and just share with a friend. This episode comes out on Tuesday, 1227, and the newsletter that comes out this week on Thursday, 1229, will have all my favorite articles from this year, all the best things I've read, watched, etc. If you don't already subscribe, it's curated, it's niche, it is unhinged, and you're gonna love it. So if you have been on this journey with me so far, I mean, Nostalgia only launched February 1st, 2022, Triple Aquarius. Um, it's been really fun. So let's just see what next year has in store. All this can be completely wrong. We don't know. It might be, or it might all be completely right. We don't know. That's what I love about it. Okay. Anyway, thank you again, and I'll see you next time. Bye. That's a wrap for this week. If you like Nostalgia, please connect with me on social. Subscribe to the Nostalgia newsletter at nostalgia.substack.com and follow, rate, review on your platform of choice. Everything's linked in the show notes, including where to find more about our guest of the week. Thank you so, so much for your support. And that was this week's episode of Nostalgia. Nostalgia.